Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. If you've seen the title of today's study, perhaps you're thinking, oh, this is going to be terribly depressing. Questions, criticism, and persecution. (laughs) Someone says, uh, we wanted a word of encouragement today. We wanted a good word. Well, This is a good word because it's God's word, but I'll remind you that Christians who are doing the right thing, taking their stand for the Lord and serving Christ, believers who are speaking the truth are going to face questions, criticism, and persecution. In fact, Paul himself would write that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So don't be shocked. Peter would say, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. You're not the only one. You're not the first, and you won't be the last. In fact, you're you're in good company in a long line of followers of Jesus Christ who, like their master, have faced questions, criticism, and persecution. We're in Acts 21, and uh, to this point, it's been very encouraging because Paul has been meeting with brethren, and they've received him and been glad to see him and rejoiced with him, and he's been talking about all that God has accomplished uh, in the Uh, winning of Gentile converts to Christ through his ministry. And in fact, we left off at Acts 21, verse 20. When they heard it, they glorified the Lord. But then it begins to deteriorate because the Bible says, they said unto him, thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. What is it, therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that thou art come. Do therefore this that we say to thee, We have four men which have a vow on them. Them take and purify thyself with them, and be at charges with them, that they may shave their heads, and all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing, but that thou thyself also walkest orderly and keepest the law. As touching the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such things, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols, and from blood, and from strangled, and from fornication. Then Paul took them in, and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. So questions have arisen now. There's a collision of two worlds here, of course. You have these Jewish people who had been following certain customs and traditions, and now they've got an influx of Gentile believers, and there's, there's some question. I would point out to you, it's the same question that had risen earlier in the book. And so some things never change, right? Some questions are never going to be fully answered to everyone's satisfaction. They just keep coming up over and over and over again. Uh, there was confusion, Not on Paul's part. There was clarity on his part. It was all the gospel. It was all about Christ. But there was a great deal of misunderstanding even among good people. And I just want to tell you that's going to happen. Don't be shocked when questions come. 
And Paul doesn't seek to make uh, uh, enemies out of them, doesn't seek to uh, simply debate them. Uh, he is going to give his defense in the next chapter. He's going to answer a great deal of the questions. Uh, if they had listened to his preaching, they would have already understood. But questions have come. Then you come to criticism. The Bible says in verse 27, And when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews, which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people and against the, and the law and this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple and hath polluted this holy place. For they had seen before with him in the city Trophimus and Ephesian, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. Could I just point out to you that much criticism usually is based on half information or false information. Very often we criticize people uh, because we think we know something that we really don't. Proverbs talks about that, a man answering a matter before he even hears it. Be very careful about that. I think it's really funny that they're saying that this man teaches against the people when what he was teaching was for Christ. Uh, they were looking at it, how it affected them, not whether it was truth or not. And so now we have not just questions of, of sincere people uh, in the church there in Jerusalem. Now we have criticism from a sect, a group of people uh, that feel like they've been personally attacked because of the effect of the gospel and Gentiles being saved. It's, it's deteriorating rapidly, verse 30, and all the city was moved. So now, now everybody gets in on the action. And the people ran together. This is the mob mentality at work. And they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut, and as they went about to kill him. Now think about this. A minute ago it was questions. Then it's criticism. Now we've come to the persecution. Now they want to kill the man. Tidings came unto the chief captain of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. And when they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating of Paul. They're beating the man. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. And some cried one thing, some another among the multitude. And when he could not know the certainty for the tumult, he commanded him to be carried into the castle. Could I just point out to you, it's really a sad day when secular people, lost people who know nothing of God, have to intervene in the quarrels of religious people. My friend, uh, this shouldn't be. But don't be surprised when questions, criticism, and persecution comes. The Bible says, verse 35, And when he came upon the stairs, so it was that he was born of the soldiers for the violence of the people. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying, Away with him. Now, what does that sound like? Is that not reminiscent of Christ at his mistrial? Away with him. Let him be crucified. Now, Paul, following in the steps, the nail-pierced footprints of Jesus, hearing the same words, away with him. And as Paul was to be led into the castle, he said unto the chief captain, May I speak unto thee? Who said, Canst thou speak Greek? Art not thou that Egyptian which before these days madest an uproar and ledest out into the wilderness four thousand men that were murderers? But Paul said, I'm a man which am a Jew of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, a city, citizen of no mean city, and I beseech thee, suffer me to speak unto the people. Uh, they didn't even know who he was. You know, we're living in a world right now where Christians and truth-tellers are being called all kinds of things. They're being labeled the troublemakers when, in fact, they really don't understand who we are or what it is we're trying to speak. 
And the last verse of Acts 21 is where we'll pick up next time. And when he had given him license, Paul stood on the stairs and beckoned with a hand unto the people. And when there was made a great silence, he spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying. And in Acts 22, we will discover what he said. Questions, criticism, and persecution will come. The question is not will it come. The question is when it comes, how will we respond? Could I simply give you one thought today that you can apply uh, about the questions and criticism and persecution in your own life. Speak from your heart about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in your life. When you come to Acts 22, he doesn't try to answer all the questions. He doesn't try to quell all the criticism. He can't put down all the persecution. He simply speaks about Jesus and talks about the difference that Christ has made in his own life. Look, friends, you can't always win every debate convince every person or answer every question. But here's what you can do. You can be a real Christian. You can open your mouth and share your heart about the reality of Jesus Christ and the difference he's made in your life. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment. And we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before He ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.